Welcome to Time to Pray on Friday the 29th of May. Lord, in your presence I do not concern myself with great matters or with things that are too hard for me, but I become still calm like a child on its mother's breast my God you hold me close to you like a mother so that my soul is quieted within me today we read on a little bit further in Hebrews chapter 12 Hebrews chapter 12 verses 18 to 24 you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Take time to read it through again. What's God drawing your attention to today? The writer of Hebrews, when he brings his letter to conclusion, wants to portray the fullness of life that believers in Christ enjoy. And to do that, he has this contrast between the Mount Sinai, uh, Mount Sinai uh, and the giving of the law through Moses, and Mount Zion, which is the geographic location of the city of Jerusalem. But of course he transposes it, 
and says, well, we're talking about the heavenly Jerusalem. So like yesterday where we, the heavenly world, God's domain is the real place. And what we have down on this earth is some kind of shadow copy uh, prototype. And so that's the explanation of Mount Zion and heavenly Jerusalem. But the thing that stands out to me is the number of people who are there. Uh, I don't think we would really think this, but our tendency is to think there's me and God and perhaps a few others in heaven. Um, it's very difficult to do in art thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands without being lost in the crowd. But Hebrews wants us to have this sense of we are entering into the city. You know, imagine yourself coming up the road, up the hill, the gate is before you, you enter into the gate. It's not empty when you get there. Uh, there are angels, heavenly beings, thousands upon thousands who worked for this day, who in some way that's hard to pin down, but there are angels working for that moment when you enter heaven even now. And they're going to be joyful when you get there. As Jesus talks about, you know, the joy in heaven when a sinner repents. There are people who are there to welcome us into the church of the firstborn. Um, that's everybody, all believers. Because of their faith, what is true for Jesus as the firstborn is true for us. So it's the gathering. It doesn't really mean church with bishops, priests and deacons and laity. It means the gathering of people. So that's what's going on here. That, that we're, we join our brothers and sisters in faith whose names are written in heaven. And the centre of this, well, there's God. God who is the judge of all. And that God is judge is a great thing. It means that the world is being put right. To the spirits of the righteous made perfect, as part of his judgment, he has sorted out those who have died before us. Those who have lived lives of righteous living, honouring faithful lives, uh, then they have been made perfect. Their lives have been completed and they are there before us. So we've got God, we've got Christian men and women who have gone before us and to Jesus, uh, who of course, as we've said, is uh, the great high priest, the mediator of a new covenant. And slightly oddly, Hebrews throws in an extra one, the blood of Jesus uh, the blood is given a personification. And this thing about Abel means that when Abel was killed by Cain, his brother, his blood was spilt on the ground and cried out for vengeance. When Jesus' blood is spilt by others, humans, brothers and sisters, he didn't cry out for vengeance. Jesus cried out for forgiveness and for mercy. So this passage, I think, is trying to fill out some of our imagination about heaven about the sense of welcome, of joy, being cheered in, uh, being amongst others who have trod this path. And at the centre is Jesus who trod it first, the mediator of a new covenant who died that we might be there. Let us pray. Hebrews earlier on says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
Lord, inspire us with this vision of our welcome into the heavenly places. Fill our imagination and our minds with that confidence and assurance that you are longing for that day too. Amen. Let us pray together. Grant, Lord, that we may hold to you without parting. Worship you without wearying. Serve you without failing. Faithfully seek you. Happily find you. And forever possess you. The only God. Blessed now and forever. Amen.